I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go. Hello, humanity. Welcome back to another episode of the Jones Chronicles. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to explore a couple of topics. I hope everyone's week is going well. This weather shift in Ohio is causing my sinuses to go crazy. One minute it wants to be 56, the next minute it's 22. I know, I feel like a British person now because I'm consistently bitching about the weather. (laughs) Or discussing the weather in general. But apparently, that is... That is just a part of the life in Ohio where one has to lament upon the weather. So maybe that's where my fondness for for the Brits come into play. I finally went to see my, what are you, orthopedic doctor? That's what you call him. I was going to say my arm doctor, but... I got another cortisone shot, which I don't know. It seems to be helping, but there are moments I just want to be absolutely dulled to the pain, and that's not coming anytime in the future for the next 20 years. And at least he broke it down to me. (laughs) So we could try another type of operation or another cleaning in another two years but until then just keep coming back for these shots like can you put some morphine in there jeez i did say something ridiculously embarrassing because of course i would (laughs) and as he was giving me the shot in my arm i could feel him like cleaning up with the swabs and he had to go grab some extra ones he's like I think because of the Aleve you're bleeding more and I was like yeah I've noticed that a lot too I'm bleeding a lot more oh my god oh that's awkward I was so glad I was facing the other direction because he was behind me because I don't even want to imagine what his face was looking like it. Then I tried to backtrack it. Like, you know, no, actually, which was what I was referring to in my brain because I cut myself on my leg and it was bleeding more profusely than I felt it was warranted for the size of the cut. So in my mind, I was connecting the dots, but my mouth... uh was doing its own thing as always so yeah that was embarrassing (laughs) it's like i'm so used to you by now because basically all i do is come in and bitch about the same things i can't sleep i want to just yank off this side of my arm and just give it nothing but you know free reign for a day that doesn't even make sense but it's supposed to like if i had if if my body was a mannequin i would want to yank out my arm see there is a correlation somewhere in my thought process 
I also didn't know because we're contemplating a trip, a little family trip with my mom and my daughter and her cousins. And I considered going to another water park, but she threw out the idea of Niagara Falls and she's like, oh yeah, that's uh, quicker to get to than Michigan. And I was like, what do you, yeah, no, it's not. Bitch, why is Niagara Falls three hours away from me? Explain to me. Explain to me. I don't at all know (laughs) where my mind was at during geography class. To be fair, I asked my smart-ass know-it-all child, and she, too, was surprised. But then we looked at the, the map, and we're like, yeah, this shit lied to us. It is a lie. It looks way further away (laughs) than three hours. So that's where we're going to go in the spring. And that should be a nice little trip away. That's not all we've come to discuss. Because my personal life, honestly, isn't that interesting. Let's jump into some, some gossip. Because... Mimi sent me this story that she wanted me to check out and it said Pentagon official arrested in human trafficking. So of course, when I see these salacious headlines because Twitter users, TikTok users, all of them, well, TikTok more so than Twitter, I'm thinking of of newspapers. It's what they do to bring people in to reading the story. And then, of course, you have to research to get the entire thing. And Mimi's like, well, I'm not going to do that. So clearly, this is your category. (laughs) So here we are. Stephen Hovannik, 64, of Sharpsburg, was arrested on November 16th on the last day of the two-day operation and charged with pandering, which is paying for or attempting to pay for sex, and is a misdemeanor in the state of Georgia, according to the Newman Times Herald. Now, clearly, if it's pandering and not, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, Soliciting a minor that, Whomever he was pandering to was an adult. But it's his position that he held is what was pulled into the headlines to get people to get into this story. Because a misdemeanor in the state of Georgia is a misdemeanor. This is, of course... According to the Newman Times Herald, Mr. Hovanak worked as the former chief of staff for the America's Division of the Department of the Defense Education Activity, or DODEA, formerly known as the Domestic Dependent Elementary and Secondary Schools, the publication reported. The senior Pentagon official was among the 26 suspects in total who were arrested during the sting, according to the Harrelson County Sheriff's Office in Georgia, which assisted the neighboring Coweta County Sheriff's Office with the human trafficking operation. 
Approximately 12 others were charged with prostitution, 10 were charged with pandering, and 4 were charged with pimping. Officials said three of the individuals arrested are currently under investigation for human trafficking and drug charges, according to the Harrelson County Sheriff's Office, but they do not mention that Havanek is one of those individuals. Quote, pandering is not a victimless crime as the demand for prostitution drives the sex trafficking market, end quote. So the man was caught paying for sex, but the women that were being pimped out were a part of a sex trafficking organization. He was busted in that particular sting, which was after the traffickers, but because he was there, he gets lumped in and charged for his own crimes. I'm not sure why the guy on the video was jumping up and down. Like, why isn't everyone talking about this? Like, this is somehow uh, that surprising. <laughs> um, after Jeffrey Epstein, nothing should be surprising anymore when it comes to, I, I mean, I don't know. Was he supposed to be this huge government official? Is he connected to Biden? I'm not quite clear why this was a story that was somehow being under the radar. So maybe I'm missing something. I've read several articles on this and I didn't find anything. Stepping away from the world of reality, let's talk about exploding anti-tank dogs of war. What the dog doing? World War II to be specific, these dogs, usually all Sations, also, before I go further, if you are a dog lover, hold your fur babies close, because this may be upsetting. Uh, restarting once again, these dogs usually Alcetanes, I don't know what those are, were also called Hunminen or dog mines. They were trained to carry explosives on their bodies to enemy tanks where they would then be detonated. No, it did not end very well for the dogs in question. He did. Yep, yep. Amen. I know. He did. For sure. Amen. Amen. This type of animal weaponry was first used by the Soviets. <laughs> Shocker there. Following a decision in 1924 to allow dogs to aid the military, a dog training school was set up in Moscow. The military recruited such people as police dog trainers, hunters, circus trainers, and animal scientists. Twelve more schools were set up hot on the heels of the first one, and the Soviet dog training division started out in earnest. <sighs> gotta say be, between the the koreans and the russians they i know that americans have twisted fucking minds but they really have twisted fucking minds when it comes to the 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 level of atrocities some of their their more experimental phases at first dogs were trained to carry supplies tracking mines and rescuing people tasks at which the dogs excelled 
that sounds healthy. In the early 1930s, they decided it would be a good idea to turn man's best friend into an anti-tank weapon. Three of the schools began training dogs for this purpose. First, they were trained to carry a bomb to a tank and run off. Afterwards, their handler could detonate the bomb with a remote, or the bomb may have simply been set with a timer. They said, fuck that life, as if... literally as if anything their life wasn't enough the training involved wasn't exactly a walk in the park the dogs were starved and then food was placed under a practice tank training them to think that food was under all tanks after a while additional battle sounds were added to their practice runs so that they wouldn't be spooked when they were running under the real thing anti-tank dogs started being used in earnest in 1941 when german forces advanced on soviet lands because there's a war going on in ukraine with russian soldiers at the forefront being the aggressors in this particular war well i should say the uh the the government putin is the one that of course enacted the war but the soldiers are the ones on the ground but many are basically being forced into fighting and so that it was desperate enough that they would need to bring in dogs it checks all of the boxes 60 70 years later don't quote me on the math That we are still finding the innocent expendable. Let's go on to a much lighter topic, even though it's a little bit more scandalous. Jaja Gabor, is it Gabor or Jabor? I don't know. Her face always looked like something was wrong with it. So I never paid much attention to her. And now I realize that it was just karma coming back to literally destroy her because she destroyed her own daughter, disowned her for not being attractive enough, not taking her tips on being attractive enough. So when her billionaire father died, he left that girl only $10,000. So she went to court thinking she can fight for her rightful genetic inheritance and lost the $10,000 that she had and then some and was left practically homeless and destitute by a woman who owned billions. Yes, they deserve to die and I hope they burn in hell. I said Jaja is Zaza. Zaza Jabor. That's why your face absolutely made you look like a oompa loompa you wasn't even that beautiful that's insane because when you are when you are sitting in your shit and smelling your own self in your 80s it's only your child and a child's love that is going to be there for you and unfortunately she created i think the lonely death that she got 
Why do males have nipples? I have always wondered this question. I've never thought to answer it until I came across a video online down my YouTube rabbit hole that explained it. So all fetuses are biologically female. What did he say? Before the introduction of the X chromosome, if provided, which transitions the male characteristics of the fetus's body, but by the time this actually occurs, the breasts have already developed. Hence, males have nipples. Bonus fact, males can actually breastfeed because they do have, they of course need to take some hormones, uh, the capability that ducks to do so. Don't ask me what the, the I want to say something like a Lynn, but <laughs> that could be fucking anything. But yeah, I know this too, because a man had to actually breastfeed his child after the mother died. And of course he didn't have to, but he felt he wanted to. Daddy chill. Honestly, I'm at odds about it because on one hand, do you, but if, if I was that child <laughs> and I happened to learn that particular fact, I don't think I would ever look at my father the same. Like every time he would come close or he'd be uh, just walking down <laughs> a beach. <laughs> Anytime his shirt is off, it's just like, Eesh. In the early 1900s, grave diggers became a grave problem. Many people placed the word night doctor onto these grave robbers. They would take mostly African-American bodies and those of the poor because the white and wealthy could protect their graves with fences and locks, which we saw in the TV show Good Omens, if you happen to be into that particular genre these bodies were then taken and experimented on or sold to medical school for practice cav cadavers the fear continued on to calling them needlemen or quote black bottlemen the needleman was said to poke a black person and he would fall down and die the black bottlemen were only at hospitals and would give a poison to blacks when they entered shortly killing them after with both of these the black community believed the bodies were then whisked away for research immediately disappearing without anyone knowing while there have been explanations for these now such as epilepsy as well as common medicine given upon entrance this further establishes just how deeply rooted the fear of night doctors was in african americans it still is I mean, you ask a black man today to take his ass to the doctor. He'd be sitting there with one long breather. Nah, I'm just going just gonna to get some robotest. <laughs> Let me go over here and try my herbal remedies. I'm like, motherfucker, you killing yourself with these damn herbal remedies. And you read some of these bottles and labels. But yeah, and they have every right to be. <laughs> not like it didn't actually happen it's one of those conspiracy theories where no it tracks it actually tracks we have evidence actually quite quite a bit of evidence 
You can taste garlic in your mouth if you rub it on your feet. I don't ever suggest trying this because I did and I regretted it immediately. It's because the molecules responsible for garlic smell, allicin, can penetrate your skin, get into your blood and travel to your mouth and nose where you suddenly start to sense the taste of garlic and I don't even like garlic and raw garlic in your mouth. Disgusting. This fact rather blew my mind. The average cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds. So here's another story about the antebellum South. Slave owners and proprietors played on the traditions of African-Americans by using their superstitious beliefs against them. They combined it with the idea of science to create a sense of security on their farms, making it so African-Americans wouldn't want to run away. The white owners started by walking around at night in white sheets. Oh, hell no. Disguising their voices and calling, quote, I need a man, I need a man. Perpetrating the fears and rumors about the night doctors. Many say this is where the Ku Klux Klan got their idea for white sheets as a disguise. The original idea of night doctors was fiction. It was a story made up by whites only to create fear within their slaves. However, as time progressed, the idea of night doctors became more of a reality. As I had referenced uh, after our first discussion in regards to night doctors. So I did break them up because I wanted to to bring in the other aspect of it, of how they wove that in. Let's end with the story of a king, an African one. King Juba II, writer, explorer, and ruler of Mauritania, the Roman satellite kingdom in North Africa, for almost 50 years until his death in the early 20s AD started off as a captor in the Roman Empire, meaning a very familiar name. His skin color is debated. Was he light brown? Was he black? All we know is that his father was a Burger King in North Africa who supported the wrong side in the civil war between Julius Caesar and Pompey, forged a suicide pact with an ally and left his infant son to be cartered back to Rome and displayed in Caesar's triumphal victory parade in 46 BC. That was the alternative back then if you didn't want to be in one of these uh, victory parades, which is embarrassing, degrading, would just kill yourself. And it was considered more honorable to kill yourself. And there's a lot of suicide going on in the Roman Empire. The child was then brought up within Rome's ruling family as something between honored guests, a lodger, and prisoner. When he was about 25, the Emperor Augustus sent him back to North Africa to be king of Mauritania, which extended from modern Algeria west to the Atlantic coast, a buffer state between the Roman Empire and the peoples of the south. While he was being held captive, another empress to be, found herself without an empire. 
Cleopatra Selene and Alexander Helios were twins of Cleopatra and Anthony, and very rarely spoken of in their love story, mainly because Anthony took a minute to claim them fucking kids. It's not the best PR for the love story. This, uh, oh, Octavian had originally hoped to take Cleopatra alive. This would have allowed him to parade her through the streets of Rome during the Triple Triumph. He was planning to celebrate his victories against Illyricum, Acticum, and Egypt, just as Caesar had paraded her sister, Arsenio, in his own triumph, celebrating his victory in the Alexandrian War in 48 BC, which is also not talked about very often. I'm going to bang your other sister, and I'm just going to use this other one to... Yeah, no, no, that's cool, that's cool. We're not close. Obviously, Cleopatra's suicide made this impossible, so instead he paraded an effigy of her holding an asp, which is supposedly what killed her, while Cleopatra, Selene, and Alexander Helios, dressed as the moon and the sun in reference to their names, walk beside it. Their participation in the Egyptian section of Octavian's Triple Triumph served to draw the Egyptian lives to a close. And the reason why, in case you want more details on why why Anthony decided to accept the kids as his own is that in Egyptian culture, twins was like a sign of great fortune to come or something to that effect. So then he was like, oh, okay, that's the sign I needed to go after a far more formidable adversary. Because, <laughs> you know, he was married to the man's sister. I'm disrespectful as the fuck. For the first 10 years of her life, Cleopatra Selene had been raised in Egypt as an Egyptian princess and an Egyptian court. The fact that her father was a Roman citizen, former consul, and triumphant, or triumvir, uh, was virtually irrelevant at this stage in her life. The children lived in Octavia's house on the Palatine Hill. In addition to the members of these two households, Augustus had gradually accumulated a collection of royal children. Mostly, these were the heirs of friendly client rulers who had been sent to Rome as a means of Romanizing the way Native Americans were sent to camps to Americanize themselves to make them more effective client kings, but it also included several individuals who were the offspring of former client rulers who had been deposed or had died or both. Juba was one of them. Uh, Also, triple bonus fact, Octavia, the sister and former wife of Anthony, of, of Anthony, raised effectively his, her husband's mistress's child. Yeah, there's a lot of shit was going down in Rome. <laughs> I can see why you can get really caught up in Roman, I know I do, history, because it's like, man... They was, they was, uh, definitely into some stuff. Surprisingly, not all of it, the Egyptian side was, uh, was, uh, was insexual. 
Although Octavia had herself been unlucky in love, she was apparently something of a matchmaker. In 25 BC, she was instrumental in arranging a marriage between Cleopatra, Selene, and Juba. Mind you, this is the woman who was cuckled. Cleopatra, Selene, and Juba proved more than equal to the task. Although Juba was now indisputably the king of Mauritania, he had never been king of Numidia or anywhere else. Cleopatra Selene, on the other hand, had not only been declared queen of Crete and the Chrysanesia, Cyrenesia. In 34 BC, she had also reigned as queen of Egypt in 30 BC, if only for a short while. Consequently, she possessed enough prestige to rule alongside her husband as a queen in her own writing, consistently referred to her Greek and Egyptian heritage on the coins she issued in her own name, as well as those she issued in conjunction with Juba, which says a lot about how much the Romans allowed them freedom in the reign that they were able to print their own coins with their faces on them in their empires. So I thought that this was a interesting delve into almost the the after the prologue or no the epilogue story of some of the greater people in in history and what what their lives were like and how other kings were of Africa were really brought into the the empire in making making idiots of the argument <laughs> that somehow Africans it doesn't matter if it's lighter or darker I think that we have a tendency to continuously think of skin color only as what defines race but as I think I discussed in a couple episodes back that's completely not true and if you are from the continent if your ancestors are from the continent of Africa this is your history even if it's far removed from your current history that's all i got this week if you want to send commentary feedback topics whatever blackercouch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below and my social medias will be there as well like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and black and magic Black